will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, Tom. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, I am joined again by Leslie. Hey, Leslie, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I think as we both know, we're happy to be on another weekend here recording uh, from getting away from work for a little bit uh, for the meager two-day weekend, but... Uh, we we are gathering the strength to come and present another episode of the podcast for everyone. Uh, we are covering episode four of the Falcon and Winter Soldier on this particular episode. This one might be a little bit shorter than the last uh, two review episodes because we've kind of had a lot of things to say and took down some divergent paths uh, in the past on those two. Uh, but this one... Well, strict and strict for uh, the sense of I, I think you and I both had some kind of middling feelings about this episode. Um, we weren't completely wowed uh, by it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. I think uh, people might be a little bit disappointed, at least in my review or my thoughts on this. Uh, and you might have a little bit better thoughts, but I think you and I are kind of in line on this a little bit. Um, and so I don't even know, I know we start kind of every episode chronologically with the events that go on, but there's not really enough here for me to be like, I know a B and C like I, I, this was a highlights episode like that. The only real things that kind of stuck out to me were like you said, before we were recording the action scenes, um, there was a kind of noticeable lack of character development for some characters, uh, and some kind of predictable development for other characters. Uh, yeah, well, for being 
having two more episodes to go, this didn't ramp up at all. You know, like we should be ramping up the roller coaster to come down the hill, you know, right. be all you know enthralled. And this to me, like it really hit the brakes and went slow, even for the action scenes. Yeah, it it uh it was just a very middling episode. I mean, it, it I it just didn't do a whole lot for me. Like it does open up with us flashing back to Wakanda right before, um, right before in infinity war and seeing Bucky like being broken from the words, uh, you know, like he was no longer held slave to it, which I thought was a really strong moment. It was a really good yeah. scene. Uh, and it brings in, um, the one character from civil war and, you know, just kind of, showing that recognition and, and kind of just establishing that character a little bit more for people who may have not really picked up on who she was. Yeah, I was just going to say, and kudos to Spesh and Sam for some fantastic acting. Yes. Uh, and, and quite frankly, throughout the entire season so far, like his character development and what they've been doing with him has been what I've enjoyed the most. I think about the show, like Sam stuff's yeah, so been far. fine and really good, but this has really allowed us to see uh, Bucky kind of dealing with the fact that he was a, 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 an assassin for you know decades and stuff like that. So it was something that was really uh, the series has been doing really well. Um, and then we you know are of course Walker and um, Hoskins uh, you know somehow still managed to know where Bucky and Sam are. Um, and then, you know, we go again to the Flag Smashers and uh, Carly and one of her, uh, you know, lieutenants are in a graveyard and they're recovering the samples of uh, of the uh, super soldier serum uh, that was developed. And I really didn't like this scene. Uh, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about what I didn't like about this, because I think a some of it uh, ventures into my personal politics. And that's one thing that I try to uh, abstain from trying to introduce too much into the show because I, I try to be apolitical when it comes to entertainment. But there are just some things like we talked about in episode two with, you know, the the Black Falcon line and, and kind of the police, uh, you know, stopping them in the street a little bit was kind of getting close. But I feel a little bit stronger about kind of some of the dialogue in this scene. And I, I also felt it was very clunky. Uh, it wasn't something that, you know, felt organic. It was feeling like it was something to give Carly an idea of why she should justify her means of killing the people in the previous episode. Oh, and also forewarning spoilers, mild spoilers ahead as a, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about, you know, mentioning spoilers from a previous episode, but still, um, yeah, the, this I just didn't like this scene. I, I don't know about you. Well, the, like we were discussing beforehand, the biggest problem I had with this scene was when he was going into this, the heroes should look like you sort of a thing, because that just gave me the apprehension that somehow we're going to end up with her with the shield or something at the end, or somehow they're trying to, trying to do a Star Wars, the futurist female sort of a thing that I do not want, and I will clearly say I do not want. <laughs> you know, nobody can say, well, you won't take a stand. I take a stand. I don't want it, and I didn't like that at all because I'm like, I that's not something I want out of this show. It's not something I want out of Marvel. 
and that was really the only place where I was like, oh, no, they're not doing this, are they? But then they, it kind of was like the only spot that they really did it, and the rest of the, the episode kind of went on its very way, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, it, was, I was okay with the rest of it, pretty much. Yeah, it it just like I I didn't like um like that was a particular thing I didn't really care for. I didn't necessarily get the feeling that they were going to um to like replace Cap with her because uh, they have better characters that they can do that with. Let like let alone you know Sam or Bucky. Uh, you have I, I, I'm not too familiar with the character, but you have a uh, America Chavez who is kind of a a female young Captain America thing going on with the young Avengers. And then you have, uh, I believe like his name is like young Patriot, which we talked about with the ties with Isaiah. Um, that like, this is not, as far as I know, Carly is not a character from the comics. It's someone that they've kind of created for the show. Um, so it would, to me be something that's not completely earned. And, and again, like they haven't done enough, to develop her. And that's been my major complaint is I, uh, you know, I see a lot of people praising the actress and the actress is fine. Like I'm not particularly yeah. a fan of her per se, but like, I don't think she's done a horrible job with the role, but they just don't, they don't do enough. Uh, and this episode was probably their only time. And I think that they attempted to, but they just didn't do a good good enough job developing her, uh, giving us more. Again, like I said, what's lacking is an empathy for the villain. Um, they're just trying to they're trying to force it and they're just trying to get you to accept it without putting in the legwork. Um, and we were having the conversation because like another thing that you and I have been kind of debating about what their their mission statement is, is like we're finding out that they are kind of the people that were displaced by those who were blipped. Uh, and this is really where their manifesto comes in. And I know you and I are, are I, I say you're cold hearted, but uh, not, not in reality, but in this stance uh, rather uh, that, you know, so she bought it like a, bought a house that was basically abandoned because of the family or whoever was blipped. And then when everyone was brought back, she was then kicked out of that house um, and that was kind of a running question we had. I think you brought it up about like, well, if, you know, uh, you had that job and then you were blipped and you came back, like, can you get that job back? Or did they promote someone else into that position? And now do, are you knocking them back down in their ranking, uh, you know, and stuff like that? Like it creates a, a very complicated situation. But um, what I think you and I both find uh, very interesting is we would think that the people that came back would be the displaced, like that those would yeah, be the ones in the camps. Sense to me. Right. That when you came, because what, what, what makes sense in my head is that the people who are here, you know, and are still here and have been here for the past five years, you just don't just like take everything away from them. Right. But the people who come back, yes, they need to be helped. And you've got to weed out the situation of like, well, somebody bought my house now. What do I do? That's a very complicated situation. But I feel like the people who've already been here for five years would have priority over that. So just from a standpoint of the story, the fact that they did the opposite way in the story makes no sense to me. Right. Just as a, as a human being, I don't understand because it's, it's one of those where it's like it's nobody's fault. Right? right. Except for like Thanos. <laughs> like, but nobody, 
nobody like went out and, and wanted this or whatever. So it's not the fault of the people who stayed and it's not the fault of the people who left. But in my head, like you've those you've had five years. Like I'm saying, what's the statute of like limitations or whatever? Like when somebody's been declared dead, like in a shipwreck or whatever, and then they come back, like how do you work that out? Because I would feel like the person who's already been here and and you know, has established five years worth of you know, that you've been here and this other person's been gone, that you would want to continue. Because, I mean, even just as simple as, as just as simple as job maybe that you can think of or office job or whatever, how much different it must be. Like the bank guy. Right. How much different must all the rules and regulations and everything be that you're going to suddenly say, well, I'm sorry, Patrick, but we have to let you go because Leslie came back and now she has to do your job. And I don't even have the information from the past five years to know how to even do the job or what's changed. Like, that's the whole, like, story and plot-wise, this doesn't make sense to me at all. Right. So, as far as the story itself, like, of the show Falcon and Winter Soldier, some of the plot points and things don't make sense, really, to me, and it just kind of, it just kind of, like you said, middles, and it kind of meh, and you get some highlights, like, oh, that was a really cool scene, that was a really cool piece that, like, Sam did or, or Mackie, you know, but then other than that, I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just like, and this is the longest episode too. It's a 54 minutes. So, I mean, that's granted it's only four minutes longer and I'm sure most of that runtime's taken up by like credits and stuff, but like that, this just, as much as we said about like the other episodes and, and even like one division, this didn't feel like it justified its runtime. It felt like it was complete yeah. filler. Um, and that it, it, right. Not even, not even good filler. And, um, like you said, like this, we're, we're ramping up into our finale and I feel like we're at the middle part of the roller coaster where you're just going flat. Like you're not going up the hill and you're not going down the hill. Um, maybe even if we're going up the hill, we're starting to roll back down the hill because the momentum has died. Um, and there's also parts about that conversation that I just really didn't care for. Like, uh, I liked, I did like his, uh, analogy, her lieutenant's analogy that, uh, you know, that world war two was, was, uh, good versus evil. Like it was very simple. It was good and it was bad, but that we are now in a more complicated, uh, world now that it's, it's, you've got these grays rather than black and white. Um, but there are other parts of what he says in that monologue that I'm like, okay, I see what you're saying, but you're, you're also by what you're doing, you're perpetuating it. And that's, I think that that's our problem right now outside of, you know, comics and and TV shows is that's part of our problem in, in the world is instead of us actually doing stuff about it, it's like we, we all just complain about it or we hold grudges about it. And then we perpetuate it, you know, we just share a tweet and think we're social activists. Right. Um, (laughs) so right, right. So like, I, I just, I didn't really care for that scene again. It just doesn't do anything to empathize, uh, Carly for me whatsoever. Uh, so, And this is the problem with the episode is like, I'm trying to think of necessarily where we go next chronologically. Chronological order, but I can throw out some scenes like uh, the creepy Zemo getting, giving the kids. Yeah. (laughs) That was so funny. 
Because I'm thinking, what kid would have stood there? Like, would you have stood, if you were, like, nine, would you have stood there and some creepy guys walking over to you singing a nursery rhyme? And then he's like, here, have some candy. Like, well, to be fair, we're... We're, we're not in the States, uh, you know, Ed, you're in Latvia and you're in a GRC kind of refuge camp, a refugee camp. So the, like, I see where you're saying, like, you know, we were raised stranger danger and all that stuff. But like when you have kind of these other differing factors kind of coming into play, I, I agree. It's it's a little bit creepy. But this also is one thing that I, w- I really want to hit on um, is how good Daniel Brühl is as Zemo. Uh, and again, I think it shows this show has shown how criminally underused, even though I love it. Like I love civil war, how underused he was like, he was good, but I just don't think that they gave him the breadth that he needed to become a full fledged character, uh, for that movie. But this show has fixed a lot of that. Um, it's given him more range, given him some comedy scenes. Like we talked about the club dancing scene, which apparently became a big enough thing to release the Zemo cut. So you could see the full sequence of him dancing, which I was like, okay, that's, that's maybe taking it a little too far, but whatever. Um, and then of course, you know, you got Walker and, and, uh, Hoskins kind of, Again, showing up out of nowhere and even Sam goes, well, how did you track us this time? And like, they just don't even have an answer. So they're like, the show just doesn't even care. It's like, (laughs) I get it that they have the entire force like of the U.S. government behind them and everything. But like, you do have to explain something. You can't just magically pop up each place and be like, oh, yeah, just whatever. And, and, you know, you have that, again, tenuous uh, partnership that they enter in again, like they're allowing them to, you know, keep Zemo out. Um, and they're going to, uh, I'm trying to think if the fight comes, the fight comes after they go to the funeral, right? No, cause I'm pretty sure Zemo like ditches, doesn't he at the funeral? Or, or no, they get him back at the funeral. You're right. Cause yeah. he hits him in the head with the shield. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, cause like that's, we're, we're jumping like uh, again, like we said, like this, this episode is really hard to pin down. Um, it's, it's not one that, you know, I retained granted. I like, I would watch those first three episodes first thing in the morning before we would record. And I mean, I was watching them at four o'clock in the morning. So by the time we're recording, it's six, six in the evening, I've had a whole work day go by and I was able to retain like 95% of everything that happened in that episode. This one just wasn't eventful enough or felt like it was impactful enough that I could remember like the other than these key moments that we're bringing up, um, what exactly happened. But I think that they do the agreement to, uh, go to the funeral. They go to the funeral. Uh, there's also the, there's also the conversation with, uh, Zemo and Sam about, supremacy and everything like that. And, um, I was kind of having a conversation with my brother and I was telling him I had some issues with this episode and some issues with dialogue. And he thought it was that particular conversation. And I'm like, no, actually that conversation is very accurate. Zemo is right in what he's saying. Um, he's, you know, talking about the differences between Steve and between Carly and even between Walker. Um, and that, you know, ultimately, Carly's goal is to become a supremacist, you know, not like white supremacy or anything like that, but to become 
you know, her own f- force of power and, and her order. People, whoever she considers her people above the people that she does not consider. Right. So basically anyone who was displaced by anyone coming back from the blip are her people. Um, and so then we, Sam actually takes that to heart cause he uses this in the conversation, but, uh, you know, they kind of do that deal. Like you said, the 10 minutes, he's got 10 minutes to basically bring Carly in. Otherwise they're going in shields blazing and everything. He was doing a good job too. He was doing a very good job. I may not even necessarily agree with what he was saying dialogue wise, but like it was convincing enough and it, and it didn't seem too out of character for Sam. So like, again, dialogue was a little bit clunky, but it it was working and it was working for the scene. And it was maybe the only attempt that they might've had for, for me to feel any type of humanity for Carly or empathy for Carly. Um, I mean, he even brings up the supremacy line and gets her caught in her own logic fallacy of like, I'm only doing this to help others but I'm going to use the super soldier serum to create more soldiers and basically her own army. Um, and so like he kept, you know, he gets her in that logic loop and her realizing it. But again, Walker being Walker and being a horrible cap, uh, in the sense of the story, not in the acting or anything like that. Uh, you know, he, he's too antsy and he just burst, burst right in. Uh, and that causes everything to go nuts. Uh, in this event, you know, Carly is shot by Zemo, uh, cause Zemo is clever enough to not just let himself get handcuffed to a boiler. Um, and the soldier ser- serum is spilled out on the floor, uh, while everyone else is trying to figure out where she's at. Now, this is something again, sp- a little spoilerly, mild spoilers, whatever. Um, I thought would have been interesting had they gone this route. They didn't. And it's fine because again, it wouldn't have necessarily made any character sense for Zemo to do this, but I would have thought it would have been a very interesting twist. If Carly's story ends here and Zemo ends with taking the serum himself, uh, and becoming this grand supervillain, but it, uh, it, cause he has that moment of hesitation before he starts destroying the, the vials. And I thought it would have been really intriguing, but it would have also betrayed his character. It would have betrayed everything that was established, uh, prior to this. Um, so I thoughts, uh, your thoughts on this, uh, sequence. I think that would have been really, really interesting. Uh, like we were talking before, you know, um, Patrick, he gets up and watches these at four in the morning. I did not do that.
you know, and going on, and that's annoying because you wasted the other episode time on them, you know? Right. I thought for, like, a, I don't know, a half of a second, I was like, that's what's going to happen. I was like, Zemo's about to shoot her, and I'm here for it. I was, like, waiting for him to just shoot her in the head, basically, as terrible as it sounds for Disney+. Plus, but, <laughs> but I was like, I'm ready, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> well, see, I, I think... Um, I, I see where you would think that from from my my perspective, um, but I think like being me and having my own thoughts about it, of course, um, for me, the Flag Smasher stuff has been one of the things that hasn't really been working for the show. So if they just had stopped it right here and there and made Zemo the true villain, because it's kind of what I've been thinking, like the route that this was going to go anyways. Cause like even my early speculation that like Zemo was behind the flag smashers or something like that. Uh, it, it would have worked for me. Cause then would be like, okay, then it makes sense why they didn't spend enough time fleshing them out or giving them convincing backstories or, uh, you know, fleshing out their manifesto really well for the audience is cause they weren't really intended to be anything. They were just, it's like the, even though I hate it, it's the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3, you know, where it's like he's not really the Mandarin. Um, yeah. So that one makes me laugh and smile so much, though. It, it does, but I also hate it, and I also hate that, uh, and I don't know why they stopped doing this, but, you know, way back, like back with Iron Man uh, 3 and some of the earlier ones, they would do those, like, little shorts for the DVD oh, yeah. exclusives, and they did introduce the idea that there is a real Mandarin out there that uh, because they break Trevor out of jail uh, because the Mandarin wants to see him for stealing his identity. And I'm like, we have never capitalized on this. Like, that's well, just they've never capitalized on anything from the Hulk movie either. No, so. I, I have a feeling that Feige just hates the Hulk. Oh, <laughs> no. anyway. Anyways, back anyway, back to this. Yeah, suffering from is not having a clear villain right and i don't know if that's on purpose like they're trying to do one of those we're all morally gray but it, it really needs a true villain because any in any story as any good writer should know the hero is only as good as the villain right so you know if you have all of like three people john walker zemo and carly who are all kind of sort of the villain you kind of end up with the one woman 84 situation you have kind of sort of villains but nobody's the actual villain. So the story just kind of, it's like, uh, you know, it's some cool action sequences and it's filmed pretty, you know, like beautiful shots and everything. And, but other than that, it's just kind of like middling and eh, it's all right. You know? Right. Yeah. Be like, I gotta get back. I gotta watch that episode again. Yeah. It's certainly not one. Like I, I probably even if I were to go back and rewatch this series uh, later, it would probably be the episode I would skip. Like, and I don't necessarily skip episodes. Like, I, I don't like that they're doing this thing right now where th these episodes that they're finding kind of sensitive to today's culture that they're now just, like, nixing and removing from, like, streaming platforms. It's like, okay, I, I, I get it, but, like, most of these are comedy shows, so they're poking fun at the thing that you're trying to say is harmful, and they're also kind of showing that it's probably not okay to do that. Uh, but it, this would be like kind of the episode that I would be like, yeah, I don't really need to bother watching this one again. Um, which is kind of sad to say, cause then we get this follow up scene at the back at the hotel. 
um, yeah. which is really great because you have Walker and, and Battlestar coming in and they're, you know, all pissed because they didn't get it up uh, before we get into that part of it. I, I want to go back to kind of the thing I was saying about being true to his character. Um, so Zemo, you know, is holding the ice pack to his to his uh, jaw because that's where, you know, Walker threw the shield at um, and Walker also finds one of the vials that managed to roll out of Zemo's uh, path of destruction and pockets it, which I don't think anyone's kind of surprised by that um, based on the conversations he's had with his wife, the conversations he's had with Battlestar. Uh, but, you know, Zemo's talking to Sam uh, as Sam is sending a message to uh, at the time. You don't know who it is, but it's Sharon. At least I assume it's Sharon. Uh, maybe it is someone completely different. Um, but he, you know, puts the proposition to Sam. He goes, you know, Hey, if you had it right in front of you, would you take it? And Sam's immediate thing was no, like no hesitation whatsoever. And I think that that's going to be important to Zemo, um, because Zemo himself had that moment of hesitation, but he still stuck to his character, but it shows to Zemo that Sam is a person of character. Like it's not, it's not, I want it for the power or I need it for the power. It's I'm a hero regardless of the power, which is the core thing with, with Steve is that it wasn't the super soldier serum that made him the hero. He was already the hero. It was proven by, you know, Tommy Lee Jones throwing the grenade and him throwing his body on it. I've made that comparison back to when Walker was talking about, you know, putting his helmet over the grenade and, but knowing his helmet was reinforced so that the grenade blast wouldn't do much damage to him. Um, so I, I think that this is kind of a point that the show is trying to make like the difference uh, of why Sam should be basically the next cap is that, you know, he would do it regardless of having the powers or not having the powers. And that's what makes the hero, um, which then we get the inverse conversation with Walker and uh, Hoskins at the at the whatever they're at, you know, marketplace or whatever. And he signs the, uh, you know, poster and everything. But th we get more glimpses of, of Walker's past. And again, this is kind of part of the problem is I feel like this is an episode that we need to see. And I don't want them to waste the next episode on doing this because then we only have one episode left. But we we get some ideas that when he was in the military and when he was over in Afghanistan, him and Hoskins did some nasty stuff. Now, not necessarily of their own volition, but ba based on orders by the government. And so it's one of those things where it's like, OK, we know that there's this demon inside of Walker but we haven't explored Walker enough for us to understand that demon. Uh, but at least I can understand his demon more than I can whatever Carly's got on, you know, chip on her so shoulder. And I think also that there's a delineated difference because he asks, knowing that he has the serum, he asks Hoskins, Hey, if you had it, would you take it? And he's like, yes, in a heartbeat. But I think that Hoskins is even a different person than Walker. Um, so I, I covered a lot there. I want to hear some of yeah, your thoughts. We, we, well, we should go back to the fight in the hotel. Room oh, I totally skipped that, didn't I? Yes. That's go ahead. One of my highlights. Yes. Because we get 
the Dormilage showing up to take Zemo. Right. And um, they have just a really awesome fight sequence. That's one of the things that I'm like, this was a really cool action sequence. You know, it was great. I thought they might do a little bit more comedy with um, Sam and Bucky, like, standing back. Yeah. Watching uh, Lamar and John get their butts beat, you know, by these uh, awesome ladies. Yeah. But so they did jump in when, I guess they, because she probably would have gone ahead and speared him through the face. So... They went ahead and uh, stopped him there. Well, and they're kind of going back, even though I jumped ahead, but this goes and reinforces that thing because, you know, Walker gets his ass handed to him. Um, I mean, they all they all do. I mean, to be fair, everyone gets gets their asses handed to them in this by the door melage. But uh, Walker. Take off Bucky's arm. Yeah, take off Bucky's arm, uh, a la Kill Bill uh, style. Um, But, you know, Walker goes they beat me and they weren't even powers. You know, they didn't even have superpowers. So this is what is, you know, that his kind of, okay, I want to be the best cap I can be, but I need the power. Like it's, it's almost like he's like a, a, a drug, a drug junkie in a sense. Like, you know, he's got to have that hit. I think what he has been, has been the, um, you know, like the high school jock in the small town where he's the best quarterback ever, and suddenly he gets to college, you know, and suddenly he's not such a big deal anymore. You know, it's it's that fish in the pond. Thing. Yeah. So he's been in he's been in a small pond, and suddenly now he's up to like the, you know, the Avenger level people, and suddenly he's finding out maybe he's not so special, even though he's been the best of the best, whatever soldier, three medals of honor you know, all that stuff. And now he's kind of been promoted to his level of incompetence, you know, <laughs> and, and he's, he's looking around and realizing that maybe he, he isn't enough. Or that's how he's feeling, I think. And I think all of those feelings are building up in those triggers because even though he does have that aggression and everything, I think the incident at the end of the episode is really what snaps him. Yes, I, I would agree. And that's, uh, you know, probably kind of the best best way to end this uh you know review is i know we're skipping over a bunch uh you know that they you know carly calls his sister basically threatens his sister so you know his sister you know provided provides being the middleman to set up a meeting carly's basically gone gone full super villain at this point essentially like there's no in my opinion no level of redemption left for her um also, because, you know, she's got the power broker on her back who wants the serum and everything. So, um, you know, she's got this mounting pressure. She doesn't know what side Sam's actually on because uh, Walker screwed everything up at the funeral. Um, but, of course, like, you know, as soon as Walker's really kind of on his own after they break up in the in the um, what their building or whatever, you start seeing him display abilities that you might think he had taken the the uh, serum and then you definitely know when he literally throws his shield into a wall and the entire wall cracks yeah, um, if, you, if you weren't even suspicious then when he bends that metal yeah <laughs> you definitely know at that point just really force it home to you he took the stuff now, yeah do you like inject that do you drink that like how do you take that uh it, it was through ejection uh i i i pretty sure like i mean i know with how they did it like with with steve and i think with even with bucky and and the people in uh civil war it was all like through he, and he had to go out and find a syringe because that yeah. was a glass thing i mean 
we live in a world where it's easy to find things. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they literally have a country called Madripoor where you can find black market, whatever you want. So, uh, yes. Uh, and then this, this ends tragically. Um, I think that this, I think this ending was good for the episode, yeah. at least like, uh, you know, despite all my other gripes on everything else about the episode, this ending was good because it, it I think, Again, we go back to like Erskine's theory back uh, with with Captain America was that it enhances if you're a good person it enhances the good things. If you're a bad person, it enhances the bad things. And this is the polar. It's the Red Skull modern equivalent, essentially, with the perfected formula, just not those type of effects. Um, Even though John might think himself a good person his desire for the power, his desire to achieve this status of trying to be the next best Captain America or to live up to the model of Steve, he doesn't necessarily have the characteristics or the traits of a Steve. Uh, and so uh, we finally see that like he's been put again. We've talked about it through pretty much our entire reviews so far. Uh, he's always had a facade up and we start seeing those phrase in each subsequent episode that there's something quite not right there. In fact, I was seeing memes this week uh, saying, why is it that I trust Zemo more than I do John Walker? <laughs> and it's like, well, I mean, because they kind of are intending it that way, but he also has an awesome coat. <laughs> well, yes. And a cool purple mask, uh, which I hope makes a return. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cause you know, and I get it. Like I probably, if my best friend and partner were, you know, again, spoilers uh, were killed, especially by the group I've been chasing down this whole time. Um, I would probably go on a little bit of a rampage. The problem here is he's super powered. He's in the Captain America uniform and he's beating somebody to a bloody pulp with the shield <laughs> with an audience. <laughs> yes, I do like symmetry of how they filmed it yeah <clears throat> sorry um of how they filmed that and the civil war um you know when because tony thinks oh yeah hit him, but he's actually hitting the the whatchamacallit the arc reactor yes yeah the arc reactor or whatever he's going for that not actually to chop his head off uh, you know that John's not doing that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he chopped his head off or whatever. Disney didn't show us that much, but they showed us a kind of a lot for Disney, I thought. But yeah, yeah and let's just say his killed that guy. He doesn't have a pretty face anymore. Um. No, 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 no. He's definitely dead. Like as soon as they threw Lamar and you hear him hit that pole, I'm yeah. Like, oh, well, he's dead. Like, yeah, and I think everyone in that room has the appropriate reaction because they all. I think they all know. Walker is a short fuse and that was the one person that probably could hold him back. Uh, and now that person is dead and, and, and now he's just going to go, who knows? So as much as again, I like, like I like that ending. I do like certain aspects about this episode, but again, we come back to the same problem we've talked about, at least in the last review, we still have too many things in motion right now. We have too many different plot points. Uh, if we would have just nixed the Flag Smashers out in this episode, I can go into the final two episodes expecting big showdowns between Walker and Bucky and Sam. 
and maybe a, a Zemo thing there. But again, we, you know, we were seeing it in promos with Sam testing out the shield and stuff. And like, we still aren't even there yet. I mean, my, my kind of thought with how the series would progress is by the midway, we would have him having the shield and learning how to work with the shield. And by the end, by episode six, he would be cap. But I don't know unless we get like an hour and 20 minute episode in the next two episodes. I don't know how we're going to get there. And again, this could all be justified and this could be invalid criticisms. And by the end of episode six, I'm going to be like, oh, it all makes sense. You know, (laughs) it all works out perfectly. It's all fine. I I take back everything I say on the episode. Uh, But, you know, this is the whole thing with reviews when you're reviewing it in real time is, you know, the things that don't work for you, you're going to pick out. And, you know, oh, the only thing I can do is, you know, walk it back when I know the full context. But you were saying a really interesting thing before we started recording when we we're kind of talking about this uh, feeling is with WandaVision. Like with WandaVision, even though you didn't know what was going on, you kind of had a feeling of where it was going and yeah. and how it might resolve. This doesn't seem to be having that type of cohesion in my my opinion yeah it's kind of all over the place and i think that's not to its credit unless like you said it magically does something in the next two episodes that then we'll be like oh but take back everything i said right but it's kind of for me suffering from having too many people trying to be the villain and in these little storylines like that ending scene and how it went to me was like so cool. Cool that somebody <laughs> said but you were cold hearted. It was so great because just him standing there and having that, like that sort of a story. Yeah. Is what I thought we were going to get the whole time. Like it feels to me almost like the flag smashers were a plot device to try and that they needed somehow to have um, Sam and Bucky kind of like cross paths and butt heads with John and Lamar. Right. And, and now it's kind of like, they don't know what to do to try. And because now we've got too much going on and how do we, I almost feel like the story needed to be shuffled or something somehow. And if it really focused in on just John and Lamar versus Sam and Bucky and Zemo, that maybe, maybe the stuff would have happened. I don't, cause I don't know. I'm trying to think on the fly in my head of how I would have fixed it. But somehow having that scene like that and it being so impactful and knowing that we wasted all this other time with the flag smashers and stuff and like we could have been having more impactful scenes and things that mean more to the story, I feel like, than all of their stuff. It just kind of is a disappointment when we know there's only two episodes left and like what's going to happen. Right. I think like if we had gone back to even like our original theory, this might might have fixed it where. Uh, you know, that Walker was like the head of the Flag Smashers, you know, in secret and that this was a splinter group. Uh, it, it Maybe that would have like at least made things feel more connected and would have made more sense of the because like we maybe they're getting more afraid of him and like, hey, you're as he tries to kind of like the criminal that gets in with the good guy yeah whatever sort of a thing like you're becoming too good like you're becoming one of them you're not one of us anymore and they're splintering from him but you can't leave and then that creates that conflict well like or even even in the sense of because like we know we finally know now at least of this this episode like one of the real reasons he was so diehard of going after carly was to get the serum 
you know, was to like get his hands on that. So then he could, you know, basically become Steve Rogers 2.0. But if you had made it that they were part of a unified group, then Carly decided, hey, I'm going to make off with this and, and actually use it for good people rather than what you want to use it for. Uh, then it would have been at least more compelling, you know, in my opinion, like it would have tied things in more, uh, cohesively and it would have made more sense as to why he was trying to track her down so hard. You know, he's working for the government. So then that's, he's using the government as a tool for the flag, his group of the flag smashers, um, to, you know, track her down. And again, like, I think there were, we had that text, we still had that text message, you know, that, that random text message from episode two, so it, it, maybe maybe episode five is going to reveal all this. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's like you said, it's so all over the place. The story is really, really all over the place to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Somebody else might be watching this in the audience and thinking, you're crazy. It like makes cohesive sense. <laughs> to me, it's just it's like everywhere. It's it, kind of like I said at the very first episode, like when they focus so much on Sam and Sarah and the family drama and how it just loses my interest. Yeah. There's a lot of places within each of these episodes where you lose my interest. And again, like we've said, knowing there's only two more episodes, you've got so much to get done in those two episodes. If they're only going to be an hour a piece, you've got two hours left to get a lot done. And I'm like, I know they can do it. Like we've seen them do other stuff before and be impressed by, but I don't know. I'm not feeling it with the show yet. Right. Maybe like you said at the end, It'll be so fantastic, and I'll be like, oh, okay, and I'm going to come back and watch it again and, like, pick up all the little things, maybe. We'll see. Right. Yeah. I'm holding out hope for Loki. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm telling you what, I I don't think, I don't think you can go wrong with Loki with just basically Tom Hiddleston himself. I think, like... Yeah, and Owen Wilson. I mean, the, the story could probably be completely trash for Loki, but I think those two factors in of themselves will still make it an enjoyable outing. Uh, but like Loki, again, kind of talking about like how we're talking about this interconnectedness. And yet Loki, we feel like can be the one that can kind of stand outside of it because, you know, he's a variant and everything as released in the, the last trailer and stuff like Loki is one that can do weird, wacky things that probably aren't going to make sense because we're going to be seeing different timelines, different realities and stuff like that. Stuff that's not going to impact our mainline MCU timeline. Um, or maybe it will. Who knows? But um, with with Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier, it's it's one where like, hey, we're continuing on post in game. Uh, this is going to impact future storylines and movies or maybe other TV shows. You're introducing characters and, and plot lines. And, uh, you know, so you've got to have an idea that, OK, what you want to stay contained in the show needs to stay contained in the show and what you're going to carry on to maybe the, the new Captain America movie or something like that. You carry those things on into that film. And right now it just... I don't know what they would want to keep related specifically to the show and what they're trying to set up for future movies or future shows. Um, if, if Feige, again, if Feige had come out and said, yeah, Falcon and winter soldier, we're actually planning it as a multi-seasonal show. I'd be more okay with some of these lingering questions. Cause you have more time to, as writers figure out what you, where you want to take these characters. What do you want to do with this group called the flag smashers? 
Um, what do you want to do with these, you know, character developments and stuff like that? But we, we don't, since he doesn't say that that's necessarily going to happen or not happen, it's going to leave me wondering, okay, we reach episode six and I'm going to feel if, if none of this stuff is resolved, I'm going to feel a little let down and probably in Captain Marvel territory where it's like, I'm going to be middling on the overall product because just some things just didn't work out for me. And, uh, you know, I, well, it's, it's, it's one thing too, though, that like one division, we all kind of have a general, whether we're right or not, but we have a general idea that this is going to go into the Dr. Strange movie. Right. So with this one, I don't know. Right. This exactly. One, I mean, it's not going into black widow. We know that. I mean, right. Like what's, what's this leading to? Yeah, like you said, there's too many questions. And what's their end game? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, Cause like we well even not just like that we knew that WandaVision was going into Doctor Strange two but you set up Monica and maybe some stuff for her for like Captain Marvel two or maybe potentially her own yeah or maybe her own show or her maybe even her own film like you felt the potential by the end of that series uh, that you're like okay I can see where this is going to have an impact on the future of the MCU right now. I do, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Other than like we know that either Bucky or Sam is going to be capped by the end of it. Uh, my brother, again, like he has a theory that maybe this will bring old man Rogers out. And I'm like, as much as I want that as like a surprise cameo thing, like I'm not going to just hope that in these next two episodes we have old old man Rogers come out and. Uh, you know, go Rogers neighborhood on everybody. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I do like certain things that they're doing with it. I think that I like that they're setting up that they're, they're taking again, Erskine's thoughts on what the serum enhances or what makes a good person, a good person versus a bad person and seeing how that serum impacts them. And, and basically that's what led to the creation of cap that we're seeing that being reflected within Sam and John and John is really Sam's red skull, you know, in this sense. And I like that parallel, but it's just other things aren't clicking for me right now. And I and this might sound like a complete heel turn from our pretty much praise of the past three episodes. But I think, you know, we were even starting to waver a little bit on episode three because we we're like, hey, these are some warning signs we're seeing. Like, we're, we're fine right now, but we got X, Y, and Z, and we're not sure if you're going to gel it right. And so far with episode four's entry, it, it's it's not working right now. Yeah, it, this almost feels to me like there's too many writers with their different fan fictions. Yeah. Of like, here's a cool story for Bucky. Here's a cool story for Sam. Here's a cool story of this other guy that tries to be Captain America. And they all and they're trying to like patchwork quilt it together somehow. Yeah, yeah, and it's just and it's not quite fleshing out. Working. Yeah, and then if they don't go back to Isaiah somehow, then why did you even bother to show him for two seconds or however long that that scene was in whatever episode it was? Uh, the I think the only thing to say that you know they had someone that had super soldier serum in their blood for then that doctor to later try to recreate. Um, but still. But it, but that's such a significant introduction um, that it's like I, I want to see something like, you know, even if he if we don't get old man Rogers, like maybe maybe if we had Isaiah being kind of more of a mentor to Sam, 
um, you know, being like showing him kind of how to be a Captain America type thing or, or something. I mean, even though I would expect that more from Bucky, even though Bucky's got his own problems, you know, it, it's there. There's just, yeah, there's at least a lot of things that they've introduced, but then they're just either even Sharon Carter. She's got two scenes in this entire episode and it's just support like, hey, yeah, he's here. Oh, hey, he's uh he's coming in to interrupt your meeting. Like, you know, it's that's all she serves after having such kind of a cool introduction in the last episode. She serves almost no purpose except the the man in the chair, you know, a, a, if, if you know, from. Chair, yeah. Man. Yeah. Like Ned and, and you know, ev- everybody from the CW shows, you know, so it's like it. It, it just it, it just it's got a lot of work to do to win me back over in praising the show. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think it will surprise people the rating I give this one, um, because it's going to be probably pretty low. It might be even lower than what you're expecting. Um, Um, but yeah. Remember we were talking before we started recording. Somebody needs to make a GIF, a GIF, whatever, or a meme or whatever. This is going to be replacing the Homer disappearing into the bush this is going to be Zemo backing out that door and closing, you know, the hotel room. Like, I, I want that one now. So if you can make that and just, like, you know, email it to the podcast. Yeah, there you go. Um, and that, and that's, you know, again, like I said, like, <coughs> the Bucky Sam stuff, fantastic. The Walker, the Walker stuff, okay. Zemo, fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they... Daniel Brewer was done so well in just two episodes. That's like, I want to see more of him. Much like when we got um, Jimmy in, in, in WandaVision, it's like their, their impact that they had on the show themselves has warranted something more that we want to see more of that character. They do so well with it and they embody it very, you know, perfectly that that's where we need to go with it uh, or, or do something with it. Well, I just wanted to call out that we're not all the critiques it's about like the story and the plot. Yeah. We're not saying that any of the acting or anything like that has been subpar. Like acting's great. I like the costumes. I'm trying to think anything else. I thought there were a lot of really interesting, cool shots in this episode. Like yeah. filmography or filmography. Cinematography. You know, like editing, like all of that stuff, all of the work of all the other people that goes in behind the scenes. I'm like, Oh, that's great. All my complaints are about plots. So yeah. that just goes back to you, writer room and director, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 some of the dialogue and a lot in the plot, you know, it, it's the plot was strong in those first three episodes, but now it's starting to unravel. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's buckling under its own weight. And, and uh, you know, I was seeing someone's own review and they're talking about, Ooh, it's heavy political themes. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I understood that this show might get it like a little political on the political side. Cause I mean, it's kind of like what I expect from a Captain America movie or, or something like that. Like I expected Winter Soldier, you know, to be kind of a like it was a political espionage thriller type thing. Uh, and, and, you know, the first Captain America movie was a war movie. So, you know, it's basically saving Private Ryan in tights. Um, but uh, this show, I think part of it has landed a little too heavy on the politics side. And again, it's. I don't know if it's trying to preach or if it's just characters trying to basically take the Killmonger perspective from Black Panther, you know, and try to take like what he thinks about society and what he thinks about the world. And now trying to have these villains have these 
because it worked for for Black Panther. Yeah, but he also wasn't competing with two other semi <laughs> kind of the villain. Well, that oh, and nice. and also, you know, the the main kind of coming down to it is Black Panther is Martin Luther King and Killmonger is Malcolm X. Um, but yeah, it, it's like you're taking these villains and trying to make them these political philo- philosophizers and, uh, and it's, it's a little too heavy handed and it's not being done well enough for me to be like, okay, yes, I can see that. Uh, I can see the, how the internal mechanics in this world are working for the person to come to those, uh, choices. But again, like it ultimately is what it's lacking on is some character development for Carly and the flag smashers. And they're just using them as a, Hey, we're one and done in it. It's a means to an end. We didn't really put a whole lot of thought. And it, even if they came out and said that, like, yeah, we just didn't put a whole lot of thought because this is what we wanted to do. Then I'd be like, OK, that's like why I would have been fine if Carly had been just nixed there by Zemo and Zemo then takes oh, the serum. Ready. Well, and, and then Zemo takes the serum, uh, whether to use it or not use it. Maybe even like you had said uh, before we were recording, he pocketed it. And then you don't know if he's going to take it, uh, you know, then that would make for a more compelling final two episodes of, OK, because then he's going to get away from Sam and Bucky. And now Sam and Bucky have to stick to their laurels and bring him back to justice. Uh, and, you know, whatever you want to do with Walker and in that moment, whatever. Uh, but right now you've got Zemo going out and my guess is he's done for the season. I, I don't see them bringing him back for the next two episodes because I think it, that if they're going to set up anything, it's going to set him up being out there in the world. Like he took that moment as his moment to get away. He's accomplished his goal of destroying the serum. He's killed the man that could replicate the serum. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to go on my private jet with my old creepy butler and uh, and fly away. Um, no, I think he still he still has his. I've got to kill Carly and her other people. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Have to kill Walker. That's true. You, you, yeah, when you say that, I, I wasn't really thinking about that. So that could be very that could be very well true. Uh, but yeah, then then again, you still kind of fall into that same problem. You have two potential villains or maybe three Sorry. villains, uh, you know, who, who knows? Uh, because what are they going to try to do? Spend the next episode or two episodes protecting Carly from Walker or, you know, how are they going to deal with Walker? Like, these are questions that obviously we won't get answered until next week. Uh, and then the week after, but uh, two hours, yeah. two hours, 120 minutes <laughs> tentatively, uh, to cover all of this stuff that we're, we are kind of concerned about and I'm just not sure they can do it. Uh, yeah. So those are my final thoughts. I think you kind of brought up your final thoughts, but if you have any other cap ends. All right. Nope. So um, scores for this week. Uh, my score is 2.5. Oh, that's just what I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking. wow. I thought you were going to be lower. <laughs> no, I didn't. I expected you to kind of go with a three. So that's what I was uh, thinking. I was, well, I, was, I was thinking you were going to go with a two. So then I was... <laughs> Then I was debating while you were giving your thoughts that I could, you know, do I want to do a three or do a two and a half? So I was thinking you were going to say two. So you're landing on a two and a half as well? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I see. I'm thinking, like, why I'm leaning on a half is if the problems I have with this episode are resolved within the next episode, I want to then probably knock it up to a three. Um, yeah. You know, because... Well, and the action scenes were great. 
Right. Like everything else, like I said, like we, I think like what we've tried to hit on a lot and we've, we've reiterated it ad nauseum is there are some really cool highlights, but there's a lot of nothing outside of those highlights. And it's why it's really hard for me to even keep everything coherent in chronological order of what exactly happened there, you know, here, there, then this, that, um, and just these bigger questions I'm left with and these worries about plot and story and where it's going to wrap up. Uh, whereas like WandaVision just never, I never really had that concern. Uh, yeah. you know, I had those, had those ideas of this is where it's going to go. I'm familiar with house of M. I know it's going to have to end at some point. Um, I was hearing somebody who said WandaVision was absolutely horrible and, and that, uh, Hayward was the good guy. And I'm like, okay, nope. you're, you're, <laughs> I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like you were just wrong. Okay. Yeah. You're, you, you don't like it that she was just grieving and then she used her power to enslave people, but she was also manipulated by Hayward. Well, she, well, yeah, she was manipulated by Hayward, but she also did it by accident. Right. It like, wasn't intentional. Purposefully set out. And, and when she realized the pain she was causing, she you know let everybody go. But, uh, that, that, that's the thing. Like WandaVision was complex without losing the plot. And I'm yeah. a little concerned that this is losing the plot by trying to be too complex. Yeah. Um, so, well, if there's no other final thoughts from you, um, no, we still did a decent, decent amount of an episode, but, uh, <laughs> thank you guys. I hope you don't hate us for a semi negative review. Um, we don't come across negative reviews on here all that often. And I don't think we were like the, the whole point of this, you know, podcast is being critical, but not being cynical. And even though, you know, we both landed on a 2.5, I think we might've focused a lot on our criticisms and we might've underplayed it a little bit on what we liked about it. But that's, I mean, when, when we, all you can say is those action sequences, those really cool moments. Like there's not much else you can really talk about those things. And it's not like we're going out and saying, Falcon and Winter Soldier is the worst show ever made now just because of one bad yeah, episode. We don't do the shock jock thing with like, this is trash. Rah, right. Rah, somebody said this, come click now. And, and we're also giving it the benefit of the doubt. You know, yeah. we, we, since we're reviewing it in real time now, if we were doing what we did with WandaVision, where we were doing two episodes at a time, if we had this in a context of another ep of episode five, which actually, no, it wouldn't, it would have been three and four. But uh, so we might have still ended up on the, on the same level. Um, but that's the thing. Like I, if they can fix the problems I had with this in the next episode, I will gladly revise my score and my feelings on it um, because then it's me going, hey, OK, I was just being too dumb about it or I wasn't seeing their master plan, which then can be a credit to the writers. Like if they're if they're keeping it a mystery for the sake of keeping it a mystery, then more power to them. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just what it is this week. Uh, so don't hate us. Uh, I know last week we promised to have our review of uh, Godzilla versus Kong uh, releasing midweek last week. And that didn't happen because somebody, not me. Uh, and certainly not you, uh, did not realize that Easter was on a Sunday. <laughs> um, but to be fair, I wasn't particularly ready to record on the Saturday morning that after we recorded our review last week that I was not 
quite like, oh, I don't really want to record at nine. So we were pushed it to Sunday and then it got to Sunday at nine. And I'm like, hey, you coming over to record? And he's like, I forgot it was Easter. <laughs> so uh, we should. I'm going to preface that should have our review for Godzilla versus Kong uh, releasing this following Wednesday just a week later than what we originally intended. So uh, if you've been looking for that, it should be coming. Uh, if not, again, blame the other Pat, uh, not this one. Um, of course, you know, I am the one with all the recording material here on, uh, for my pot, for our podcast, not so much for your podcast, but uh, I guess I do owe some of the blame, but I'll put it all on Pat. He's not here. He can't defend himself. Uh, so, okay, guys. He'll never listen to this. <laughs> No, actually, he won't. I don't think he goes back and listens. But to be fair, I don't like listening to my own voice, so I don't typically go back and listen to myself either, uh, which would explain for a lot of uh, why why did they keep these uh, things in segments, uh, you know, instead of editing them out. It's because I'm too lazy to go back and listen to myself. Uh, all right. So if for the normal spiel, uh, if you're not following us on Twitter uh, or Facebook, you can follow us at Critics NT Cynics. Uh, it, critics NT Cynics on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast. We are on pretty much every podcasting service uh, except SoundCloud. Uh, so you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Play, literally just about everywhere. Podbean. Um, and you can write into the podcast at Critics Not Cynics at gmail.com. Uh, I know Leslie would super appreciate it if someone created that GIF uh, of Zemo. Uh, so I will keep an eye out if any of our listeners are clever enough to figure out how to make one. So, all right, guys, we will talk to you next time. <laughs>